attention. The movie guys love movies. Any comments made about the suspicious package found at the Hollywood and Highland subway station near the theater showing Taken 3 are purely for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right? Liam Neeson's cock. <laughs> Any chance you get with... I had to fight hard to get that joke in. The th- uh, we were working you'll on fight hard for Liam Neeson's cock. We found that out over many days of the show. Fight hard for the cock joke. I did. The guys were throwing around some ideas, and that joke came out, and then it kind of was passed over. And I'm like, why don't we bring back that Liam Neeson cock joke? I liked it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the that. rumor has it. He's got a gigantic... It's a baby arms with an apple in its face. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that whole like contest thing where, you know, I'm bigger than no, I'm bigger. Well, I'll just pull out enough to win. That kind of thing? Yeah. <laughs> just wow. pull out enough to win? Yeah. <laughs> uh, last yeah. Week, last he week would we, just have to pull out enough to win. Wow. We had a guest on last week talking about the brain. I've never heard of this because I don't hanging have. Hanging brain? I, right. I don't have balls, but apparently hanging brain is when you have it hang out like half of your ball hangs out your pants. Your underwear. Uh, really? Well. Yeah, it's like a jock thing, I think. Just, yeah. Those people are a little homoerotic. Well, my just... brain hurts right now. <laughs> Aren't you glad you're here? <laughs> I am very, very <laughs> I know. happy to be here. See, I told you the conversation would flow. <laughs> this is how we've decided to lead this show. Yeah. And we didn't well, get we didn't even talk get talk about sideball yet. Sideball. Guys don't have the equivalent of side boob. Yeah. Yeah. Sideball. I was <laughs> once at a, a no, resort in the Caribbean and Paul had gone in swimming because I don't swim and I was lying on my towel. And this guy came up and he and his buddy were from out of town. They're very pasty. And he didn't know, but his bathing suit bottoms are really like big. European? Oh big. Big. Okay. No, they were Big. There's a gap, and so I looked up to talk to him, and all I could see was his side <laughs> ball and some hair, and I'm like, oh, this is awful. It was awful. It wasn't hot at all. And Paul's out there swimming, and I'm like, please come back. Please come back. Remember the guys <laughs> in, uh, you ever live in Hollywood, Dave? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. now, do you ever get a lot of Russians place. in your building? Because we had we Russians in our building, and they would sit in a hot tub in their underwear, mm-hmm. and that was their swimsuit. They're Just underwear. Tidy-whities. And so they would get up, and all the hair underneath oh. you know, would make this paisley design oh. on, on the underwear. You know, and they would just sit in the hot tub and watch girls work out all day because yeah. next door in the through the glass was the uh, yeah. the workout room. Oh my goodness, awkward. I guess they'd come over and then Living this is the closest the place. You know, when you come across the Pacific, there it is. I want that out of my head. <laughs> Let's move on with the show then. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the movie showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling movie guys empire. The only thing we have to eat is Yoo-Hoo and Cocoa Puffs, so if you want anything else, bring it with you. You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with jokes, rants, sketches, characters, bits, special guests, and more as we broadcast from the Admirals Club, located in a growing community known as Burbank Airport Adjacent. They don't stop making movies, so we don't stop making comedy shows about movies, which means you can get a new show every week on iTunes, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Funny or Die, Pulp, Epic.com, Stitcher, Player.fm, and of course... TheMovieGuys.net, absolutely free. And we nice. encourage you to subscribe. And if you do, still, 
no charge. Mm-hmm. We're also on WBAD.net, where you can hear our show Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern. Your hosts for the hardest-working podcast on the airwaves include myself, Paul Preston, here with Adam Witt. Uh, it's Star-Lord, man. And Karen Volpe. <laughs> he makes you look like an ass is what he does, Ed. And sitting in the whole show is a stand-up comic who's appeared on the likes of Key and Peele in The Daily Show, David nice. Pompey. You've already heard him. Thank you. Thank you. Chiming in already, which Thank is great. You. And I look... Better than I sound. Hey, right. go to the YouTube. You can see how handsome <laughs> this man is right here. He's a about nice that. shirt on. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's deep. <laughs> well, you certainly <laughs> haven't aged a year since I saw you last. I think I've got an eye infection. I really do. <laughs> well, better than a ball infection. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's January. Hollywood's right. dumping ground, so there are a lot yeah. of films to get to. So let's cut the bullshit and get to them. That includes The Wedding Ringer with... Zadam Randler as a wedding ringer, and Crew Arymore as the woman who falls for him. Hey, Paul, if you change a letter, you change a lot. Look for Jessica Chastain starring in The Wedding Ginger. Visual joke. She's a redhead. Also, Paddington. Now, let me ask you, Adam, how hopeful are you about a movie when one of its trailers takes place almost entirely in a bathroom? Um, Not very. Well, then you've been warned. Also, Black Hat, <laughs> Michael Mann's first feature film since 2009's Public Enemies, taking time off in between to kill a bunch of horses for the impenetrable HBO show Luck. And later in the show... Let me ask you a question, Chris. Would you be surprised if I told you that the Navy has credited you with over 160 kills? I'm willing to meet my creator and answer for every shot that I took. It is American Sniper going wide this week. It opened in time to be uh, qualified for the Oscars. Open on Christmas Day. Bradley Cooper of American Hustle. Yes. A lot of American movies. Uh, That's true. You're (laughs) right. All right. and, you know, I Adam's going to talk about this later because you saw it. I did see it, yeah. I think this is a, a little awkward, slow rollout. I know they're really trying to wait to the very end to release some of these movies, so you they're fresh in your mind when award season comes along. This one just seems like it just kept going later and later and later, and it's missing some of the uh, pre-Oscar awards. It just got nominated for a DGA award for Clint Eastwood, but it kind of is not on the radar until now, and now is it that too late? Will it be nominated when the uh, Oscar nominations and come out tomorrow? We'll nothing see. from Golden Globes, right? Did it win anything for Golden Globes? Didn't win anything. Yeah. May not have been nominated. I don't think much. it was Again, it was like they were real yeah. the, the slower. And here's another thing I think that goes against them. They're waiting to put so many out at once now. If you're a regular person, if you're a critic, you're going to see everything. But if you're a person with a life, mm-hmm. you aren't going to be able to see everything that you're supposed to nominate. Yeah, know? it used to be they'd put too many out, but then you had all this time, mm-hmm. and you go, oh, well, that's still in theaters. I have a, t- I have a chance got to a go see that. Yeah, Yeah, but this is also messing up my Rotaflix. Uh, if you want to play Rotaflix, it's like playing, um, what is that? And Rotoflix.com with an X. That is fantasy football fantasy for movies. Football. Yes, yeah. and we play. Okay, so we picked all those months ago, and now you can't really change anything. I suppose I should go back and gra- grab some American Sniper. Is that still out there? I got, I got the movie you sitting know? on my bench, though. It's on well, the that bench. Could be, that could be the smartest thing. Wait until the end. Everybody loves Bradley Cooper anyway. He's on yeah. Broadway, right? He's playing yeah. Elephant, Elephant Man. Elephant They're Man. loving yeah. that. Right. Yeah. They've been talking about that forever. So he's already got this built-in push that's going to happen for him. So Oscar season is a campaign anyway. It's a campaign. Yeah. So it's like a guy who gets in the race late and steals all the attention. 
Andy doesn't have to run as long. No, yeah. doesn't have to run as long. That's right. right. There's yeah. no burnout it's effect. It's a sprint. I'd be curious to see if they pull it off. Yeah. Wasn't a couple years ago they said somebody started their campaign too soon? I can't remember who it was, and then oh, people and got tired of yeah. hearing about it. Perhaps, and it ended yeah. up losing. I can't remember what it was now. But Wolf of Wall Street was your latecomer last year, and it missed SAG Awards yeah. entirely. No nominations because the screeners went out late. But by the time the Oscars hit, Best Picture, Best uh, Director, even I think Actor for sure and Supporting Actor, so it made that late run and i guess they're gonna trying to do the same thing hey it's like coming to the bar early you're too drunk to choose you come late <laughs> you can't fail <laughs> that's some good advice yeah. that's practical real world Everyone, advice. Yeah. Real oh, world well, advice especially when they start emptying the bar out dude if you can't score that yeah <laughs> <laughs> standing by the exit spitting game right <laughs> all right well let's get to our uh, first film of the weekend it is the wedding ringer oh we my mentioned. god this title sounds like the greatest julia roberts movie of all time paul let's do this it's actually a kevin hart film what, you mean like Kevin Hart plays Hugh Grant's best friend or something? No, no, he pretends <laughs> to be Josh Gad's best friend. So when does Sandra Bullock show up? All right, Karen, the title but. sounds like your classic romantic comedy, yes. but it looks more like a bromance oh. in disguise. So let's talk about The Wedding Ringer. Oh, wait, Wedding Ring. What? Wedding Ringer. Oh, Hollywood, oh. I see what you did there. Ah, uh, The Wedding Ringer is the latest <laughs> comedy to be greenlit based on the misunderstanding that it might be a sequel to the Adam Sandler comedy. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like everything yep. is in this movie except Sandler. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, the Wedding Ringer tells the story of Jimmy Callahan, played by Kevin Hart, who runs a company that provides best men for grooms that are nice enough to find the girl of their dreams and marry them but not sociable enough to have a friend that will be their best man. <laughs> Jimmy runs a company called Best Man, Inc., because it's important to incorporate for potential legal prote protection when facilitating the union of beautiful women with a man that might be a serial killer. <laughs> but Jimmy has met his match when he meets Doug Harris, played by Josh Gad, who needs not only a best man, but a complete set of groomsmen, because apparently he's so pathetic, dreadful, and unpleasant. <laughs> Luckily, the gorgeous blonde fiancé never caught on to how repulsive he actually was. Guess she'll find out in the sequel to the, wedding, to the Wedding called The Rest of Their Lives. The Wedding Ringer, brought to you by Screen Gems. <laughs> Is another <laughs> is another film about the schlubby guy marrying an incredibly hot girl. So the willing suspension of disbelief is set pretty high right from the start. Especially if they don't explain why this hot chick is marrying this doofus. You asked how a girl like Gretchen could fall for me? Yeah. I took her dancing. Hart and Gad have this big dance routine at the wedding. Then all seems to be well. Really? Dancing? That's mm -hmm. all it takes to land Kaylee Cuoco? Right after, right after the show for me, it's straight to Arthur Murray. No, <laughs> calm down. Now, if you're a guy who looks like Josh Gad. <laughs> it just seems like they're running out of premises for these wedding movies. This you is know, a weddings tough one. Weddings and a funeral, uh, wedding crashers, My best uh, friend's wedding, wedding singer, best friend's wedding. Mm -hmm. I think eventually you're just going to see a movie bride. like at the wedding, there's a divorce. <laughs> the wedding, the wedding divorce. divorce. <laughs> oh, then you get a sequel, right? Because then there's a divorce and there's a wedding built in. <laughs> wedding at the divorce. Wait, one That's just wedding and a divorce. Yeah, we've had Cat death pending. at a funeral. So why not? Yeah. That's just good marketing. Now, if you're a guy who looks like Josh Gad and you get a girl who looks like Kaylee Cuoco to be your bride, I guarantee there will be a ton of guys lining up to be in your wedding because every one of them would think they could steal her away from you before the I do's. 
This movie isn't your standard nutshot comedy. No, The Wedding Ringer ups the physical comedy ante when Grandma catches on fire at the dinner table. We're going to play a clip. Now prepare for some serious Richard Pryor fire. being on fire to that music. Her ass was flammable, too. Yeah. Like, the fire was just <laughs> like, right damn. Like, yeah. It's because she's so frail, her bones just like, caught on fire. Like, like, grandma's kindling. Like, she went up, like, yeah. boom. Like Engulfed. She, like, she in flames. Hell? Might have had a superpower. <laughs> Gasoline doesn't catch on that fire. Like, that fan. Like, well, because she could be gassy. She's an old lady. <laughs> and wearing polyester, because right? she's an old lady. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> might be a little too life-threatening. Might be a little too Buddhist- protest monk to be hilarious, but <laughs> you be the judge. I'm reading here that the grandma is played by Cloris Leachman, which mm. means it probably will be hilarious. After being among nerds for nine seasons on TV's Big Bang Theory, it's good to see Kaylee Cuoco stretching by playing opposite Josh Gad. But her appearance in this film does beg the question, Big Bang Theory's been on for nine seasons? <laughs> oh, what? And that's The Wedding Ringer. I guess they couldn't call this movie The Best Man because of another film with that name. But we can look forward to The Wedding Ringer Holiday in theaters Christmas 2029. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's The Wedding Ringer. Everything you wanted to know. That's all you needed to know right we there. We need to know no more. You know when we watch this, I just think it looks adorable and I can't wait to see it. Yeah? I'm a sucker for this shit. I'm, uh, I agree with uh, David that this is, uh, I mean, it, it's like on paper, it seems so, such a clever idea. Oh, a guy that sets people up yeah. with the best man. That's right. And then it just makes no sense because how are you going to get married if you don't have friends? And I mean, I'm sure they're not going to address why he has no friends, you know, and, and she's got this, he's got this group of seven weirdos. Well, what happened when we got married is Paul had all of these dude friends and that is great. But I have a lot of guy friends, so he had to. I had to come up with five women to be in my bridal party. I was calling people I hadn't seen in a long time. <laughs> I was like, uh, "Do you remember me from college?" Uh, we I had a class women. once. Would you be my wedding? Would you be my wedding? <laughs> yeah. Because I had like one or two. Most of my best man should have been a dude. He was my roommate, Jim. General yeah. roommate. He was Jim. awesome, but I thought that might upset Paul's family. So I was mm -hmm. like, eh, "I got to go traditional and get women." And wow, upset fan. We got married in Vegas. I went to play craps and called her mom. Hey, uh, we're married. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've heard from people who have been married. That's, that's awesome. the way to do it. Just, hey, just go to Vegas, Vegas, get married. I'm and just, telling yeah. you, I yeah. played craps. We ordered room service. She called her mom. And said, hey, we're married. That was it. Yeah. And did mom catch on fire? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've gotten the raw deal on that, though, because we had a big thing. We, it was great. We had bachelor parties. We had uh, all, it was crazy. Two or three receptions in different cities, and uh. it was this crazy thing. So I'm sitting back now, like, when all these people get married, it's on. They're all get they're all eloping. Yeah. And so I'm like, Come on, what? invite me to a thing. I got nothing. Yeah. What did you pay for your wedding? I, I, we had to pay for it ourselves, so we kept it really it was. We only paid like nine thousand yeah. dollars or something like that. But we also wait, no wait not that much not we, even that not much. even we also expensive. had it at like the 5, Moose 000. Club and my dad was a member two nights yeah. three days Luxor two ninety five <laughs> included a buffet you definitely paid less perfect bonus <laughs> you definitely paid less hey ours included a buffet that's right and grandma's cookies homemade cookies um, so, so yeah. they're trying to avoid all this but. What? That brings up the question, why January? Kevin Hart is the biggest star in the world with Ride Along and yeah. Think Like a Man 2. Josh all making Gad's money. a huge star in Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Frozen, though. I mean, these yes. guys are marketable. Yeah. And now, why January? 
My guess would be it's not because this movie's bad or anything, which is sometimes why things are dumped in January, like this weird George Lucas thing we have yet to talk about. I don't know if that's on this show or next week, but no, that'll be next week. Um, that is such a January movie; it's out of control, yeah. uh, and, and <laughs> yeah. nothing sadder than a 3D CGI movie released in January. They're just always oh, just oh, where where do we put this? What do we do with this? But this one, I think it's because uh, Kevin Hart is uh, he brings his audience no matter what. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's just because like you've got some. It's like Liam Neeson, like a Liam Neeson movie. Taken Three comes out in January because it's a Liam Neeson action movie. It's already kind of got an audience. You don't need to release it in May. You don't need to prime time it and really sell it to people. I think it's like, oh, Kevin Hart's in a movie. I mean, for his audience, it's like, all right, check it out. Yeah, I right. think he's going to yeah. be adorable, too. I think he's going to be great in it. Well, you know, when I watched the trailer, after you said you were really excited about it, I watched a little more closely, and I think Josh Gad might bring the heart to this, mm-hmm. no pun intended, that, you know, another movie, a similar actor may not be able to. Like yeah, He seems like he's true. really going to be dopey, wishy-washy. He might root for him for everything to go well. Yeah, they're kind of a perfect comic couple in a way because yes he is super schlubby and super doofusy and kevin smart kevin hart is you know super smooth and super, super you know like yeah. cool guy you know mm-hmm. so i just saw a trailer for get hard i guess where he teaches will ferrell uh how to be like a gangster he's like a kevin teacher hart? yeah oh my God. he knows a lot of shit and he knows his best man <laughs> yeah. he knows gang- i mean i only want to play experts go to guy for knowing shit i do think they could have dumped this in february though because i would have liked that as a um right around valentine's day that's true. Yeah, yeah. Could be, but again, up. it may be more bromance than you know the girls. Oh, that's I mean, true. unless they, I mean, I, I there's probably not a love interest for Kevin Hart in this, so I don't know if the chicks will want to take their guy. I, I uh, Kevin Hart's also someone I've been impressed with because, uh, like I said, I watched all those movies for that project I did for the Hollywood Bowl, so I saw Best Man. Or have you seen Batman? He's not in Best Man. No, he's in the Think no, Like I'm a Man movies. Oh, yeah. Think of like yeah, Think Like a Man, Think Like a Man too, and there was some other movie and. You know, if even if he's given nothing, like he's just one of those people right now that just puts so much energy into it and just sells it that you're like, all right, that was that was good, even though there was almost nothing to that premise in, in some of those scenes and stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, after a very successful 2014 with Ride Along and Think Like a Man 2, which I mentioned, everybody loves him, right? But the luster took a hit with the Sony email leaks. Came to light here that he's being paid to tweet. Sony gave him $2 million to post two tweets promoting upcoming Sony films, No Good Deed and The Equalizer, to his 15 million-plus followers. Damn, 15 million. I have 2,000, and I had to work for months on I that. busted my ass for getting, <laughs> creeping up to three for movie You have 2,000, I have 380. Oh, oh. <laughs> but you give up a week, you know, of just like I just did it all the time, yeah. yeah. Now ask about the million dollars per tweet scandal. Hart said he's simply protecting his brand. Yeah. After being called out by Sony as a money whore, I gotta believe Hart has a chip on his shoulder about the studio that talks smack about him while strong-arming him to tweet. So now we'd like to read his tweets in the manner that they were probably typed. Yeah, I'll read the first one. This one right. went out about no good deed. Mm-hmm. Oh, make sure you go support my brother at Willpower Packer this weekend by seeing No Good Deed at the Real Taraji and Idris kill this movie. Oh, wow. It didn't sound like he meant that. No. <laughs> no. It sounded like he was All it's getting... missing is hashtag whatever. <laughs> it sounded like he was getting paid to write it. I don't know. I mean, see if, you sa- see if this sounds like he's doing this begrudgingly or mm-hmm. not. Um, um, oh, I want to break the internet. The people who have seen the movie are talking, and I'm loving what they're saying. Hashtag wedding ringer. Hmm. It's a little whiny. That didn't uh, sound like... Uh, not, very, not very sincere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about... My movie's dropping on Friday, people. And I'm hype as hell. Hashtag why am I so aggressive? Hashtag wedding planner. 
Uh, wait, wedding planner. Wedding planner is better. <laughs> Jeff, wait, wedding Jennifer Ringer. Lopez. Jennifer Lopez movie has really good acting. He just didn't give a. He, he didn't care at all. He put <laughs> wedding planner. He didn't even care. He didn't care. He's promoting other movies. <laughs> Although, in fairness, you read that a different way uh, when we were going through the script earlier, and and you know maybe it works the other way. I don't know. You you you, you did have the other take on it, so I don't know. It's hard to say. You could read it two ways. <laughs> Do you, you think he was excited? Like, do you think my, my take on it was wrong? Like, it's, my movie is dropping on Friday, people. I'm hype as hell. Hashtag, why am I so aggressive? Hashtag, wedding ringer. Fuck the wedding planner. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see the fuck I the wedding planner. I'd like that. to see that Did trend. Really that that? Like, do you think awesome. that's yeah, what his intention was? Yeah, yes. like, maybe not while typing on the little phone. I, I couldn't <laughs> yeah. imagine that much energy. I probably wouldn't. Here's another uh, one. Wait, he here's one. Uh, just finished another long day of promo for The Wedding Ringer. The reviews are amazing. Thank you all. Wow, yeah. 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 Sony would be much better, it seems, just letting him do his own thing and not forcing him to tweet. Yeah. Yeah. But you say you, you, you charge as much as you want, right? He's got how many tweets? I said 14 million. He's got 50, he over 15 about, million. He tweets about 15 to 20 Twitter times followers. a day. Two yeah. 15 million people. Yeah. 15 million. That's, yeah. that's, that's an amazing promo. audience. It's like, look, we, okay, we booked you for the film, but now we want to use your, the, app, the, the promotional apparatus you set up for free. Yeah, basically, right? That's You're LA right. and New York, that, right? You got to pay for that. <laughs> yeah. You're I mean, right. if somebody had like a prom promotional company and they're like, oh, can we use that for free also since you're in this that's movie? And you're like, no, that's my. No. Yeah. Everybody has to pay for promotion. Yeah. Hell, the promotion distribution budget costs more than the damn film these He's days. Right, because they're more worried about, oops, they probably even can cast people based on how many Twitter followers they have. So to him, that only helps them. So damn straight, make some money on right. it. Look, if your film costs $100 million, right? Yeah. You got promoted worldwide, you got double that. Yeah, it's gonna cut. It's two. Your cost is two hundred million. Fifteen million. Wow. Wow. Good That's New York him. and L.A. Is that more than Bieber? So, I don't know. I don't but know. I bet it's Ooh, more than curious. the studio combined. It's probably more than their top uh, stars combined. That's yeah. Amazing. That's more and than Denzel. There's something to be said about like what David was saying. That's really important to him. That's his brand. And once you it's mess that brand. up, those people are gonna not put up with that bullshit, and they'll drop him in a heartbeat. You can't mess around with it and be like, hey, everybody, use Paris Hilton perfume. Yeah. Like Here, here's a guy distributed his own film and made $2 million on a weekend. Right. Okay, so what the fuck can you tell him? Yeah. Mm -hmm. he, he, they need him more than he needs them. And I love that he's using that power. Good and, for him. And last laugh is all the articles I read. No one can seem to find any tweet he put out about the equalizer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. It's true. Yeah. They're all quoting the one, you know, the one I read about no good deed. The equalizer one's gone. He might not even done it. Just he cash might not have even done it. Just cash the check, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be awesome. All right, our next film is for an entirely different audience. I mean, we're pretty sure it's not for fans of The Wedding Ringer, but mostly we don't know who it's for. But it's called Paddington, and as with every film, we'll talk about it. Ooh, Dave, you came on the right night. We're talking about Paddington. <laughs> you know, this is for the, the people who love um, Downton Abbey. That's who this is for. I hope someone catches on fire in this movie. <laughs> Adam, Could happen. Adam, what do you think might happen if you let a bear into your house? Uh, he destroys it? Exactly, and that's your movie. Oh, but wait. Why would you let a bear into your house? Because... He's wearing a hat. Oh, okay. okay. Where did the bear come from? <laughs> Peru. But I watched the trailer, <laughs> true, right? Actually. And he, it looks like he's in the same train station. This is made by the Harry Potter people, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the same fucking... Why does magic <laughs> shit keep happening in this train station? People in London spend so much of their lives in those stations that it's, they just write all their fiction about things yeah. happening there while getting coffee. <laughs> What's the, the magic Starbucks What's station? the famous uh, British car? 
Aston Martin. Yeah. I mean, you can't have every story take place in an Aston Martin. Shit's got to happen on a train station. <laughs> the magic Aston Martin. <laughs> in the tube. All right, well, let's talk about Paddington. Must I? All right, remember. <laughs> Happy birthday, Elvis. Remember as a kid when you wanted your stuffed animals to come to life? Yeah. No? Well, this is probably why. <laughs> From the producers of Harry Potter comes the next Britishest kids' story they could buy the rights to, Paddington, based on the world-famous, much-loved, time-honored literary classic that I know nothing about. <laughs> <laughs> and David, you're right. The poster does boast from a producer who brought you Harry Potter. That would be David Heyman. But if that's how you're going to market it, kids, line up, because this is also from producer Bob Weinstein, producer of Grindhouse, Bad Santa, and Piranha 3 Double D. All Paddington tells the story of a family that finds a talking bear in a train station in London with a note on him that says, please look after this bear. Thank you. So they take him home. Warning to kids listening. If you run into a bear and it doesn't talk, do not take it home. Well, that's just great. See, I thought Paddington was an elephant. No, that's Babar. Oh, thank you, Fletch. <laughs> Having found him in Paddington Station, they named the bear Paddington. Aww. Just think of a dip, the different tra trajectory this children's story could have had if they found him in Cockfosters. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Pause for our overseas listeners to love that reference. There is a, there is a train a station in called England, isn't Cockfosters. It? Yes. Yeah. I've actually heard of that. That is awesome. They bring Paddington home and chaos ensues. How else can you a movie keep a six-year-old's attention? Well, we could play a clip, actually, but I think this will do. Upon entering the family's flat, he wrecks their plumbing, floods the entire house with water, and is called by the family's father a danger to this family. Danger. A better tagline for this movie might be Paddington, he'll ruin your life. <laughs> the father is played by Hugh Bonneville, who's had a history of keeping wild creatures in line by attempting to wrangle Maggie Smith each week on Downton Abbey. Yay, Downton Abbey joke. I'll pause for overseas listeners to love that <laughs> reference. <laughs> While the fact that the bear talks and poops and poops in a toilet doesn't seem to phase the family, this sends the British Secret Service into high alert with a mission to capture a talking bear. Particularly the MI6 agent Millicent, played by Nicole Kidman, who's either slumming it or simply here career-wise. <laughs> so, <laughs> took her down a notch. So this movie sets out to answer the age-old question. Does a bear shit in the woods? Hmm. No. Apparently it shits in the movie theaters January 16th. Whoa! Yeah! <laughs> but wait a minute, wait a minute. That went sound effects deep. I, I loved it. It was great. It was great. But okay, well, wait. All right. All right, let's let's go along with finding the magic bear in the Harry Potter train station. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Let's go along with the bear. A thought exercise. Go ahead. He's smart. He can do all of this shit. Sure. But he can't handle fucking plumbing. Like... <laughs> A water faucet fucks this dude up. He he can do all this shit, but plumbing is a mystery. Now, he got to a train station. He, uh, you know, obviously oh, he, can oh, handle transit. That's because nobody dropped him off. He had a little note on him, and somebody uh, left him at the train station. Because he was a terror, because they had him in their house. This, this bear wrecked my house. See if he can take care it's of him. Annabelle. Oh, it's goodness. Annabelle. Please uh, get rid of this. Undoubtedly, right? In the end, the bear teaches them something about oh, themselves and brings them together love closer as a family, right? We've seen these movies. Now, back in the day, we used to call them magic N-word movies. 
You've oh. seen these, right? Now, what is an example of that? I've heard that. Uh, I've never heard of Will what's Smith happening. did, oh, oh, yeah, did like one. A, I think it was called Bagger Vance. Yeah, Bagger Vance. Yeah, Danny Glover's oh, done a yeah, couple yeah. of them where the mysterious black man shows up and helps the white family get to know each other and yeah, realize like the that or the secret like, is yeah. inside of them. Oh, yeah. And then he mysteriously <laughs> leaves just like he started in a movie. Yeah. And, well, this is a magic N word movie without the magic N word. <laughs> They've replaced him with a magic bear. With a bear. Wow. They even passed over black people for this role. I can't believe it. I'm just <laughs> disgusted about the whole thing. And he's English and smart and confused by plumbing. <laughs> Did you know, Dave? Paddington is created entirely with computer effects, the same ones they used to bring Nicole Kidman's face to life. Oh! <laughs> Jeez. She didn't look bad in the movie. I know. I'm, we kid. We honestly, kid. I was surprised to see her. I mean, oh, honestly, yes, but she did not look okay, bad. Okay, the last joke more accurate than that one. <laughs> Double dipped. Went too far. Like, I don't even think the movie was made by any particular studio. One day there was just a film dropped off at the Studio Canal offices with a note that said, "Please look after this movie." Thank you. Well, luckily we have an early review of this movie from Werner Herzog. Oh, I'm excited. You must never listen to this. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the review. <laughs> That's for a movie called Grizzly Man. That was <laughs> so you can, so barely, you can see it. Just turn the volume down. You cannot listen Do to it. Do not listen to this. <laughs> Maybe he was talking about our show. No, listen know. to us. Listen to us. I'm worried about that. I'm like, you know, he's not talking about us. <laughs> you must never listen to this. I grew up out in the country where there were bears. And, bears. Um, we, uh, we used that... That little tip that you gave, if the bear talks, then you can bring him home. Yeah. But if the bear is just big. Boo-boo, Yogi, right? Paddington. They can come home and maybe picnic with you. But you're not picnicking, picnicking right. with a bear that doesn't talk. Usually they just look at you, growl, and kind of slurp a little. Yeah. So they don't wear hats and no, no, no hillbilly bears. No you know, they're only wearing a hat if they just ate a hillbilly. That's, That's the hilarious. only time. <laughs> oh my goodness. You ever see this GoPro video of this guy riding on a bicycle and he's got the GoPro on his hat and he's riding a, you know through the through the woods on his little trail bike or whatever and uh, he turns to his left and a bear is just or turns to his right and a fuck. bear is just charging no. through the woods no. after him and he starts going oh fuck oh fuck yeah. oh fuck and he keeps turning around and the bear is just gaining ground Shit. and running after him. That is amazing. Yeah, I, I don't know why I was just How thinking How does it end? The I know. Of the bear and screaming. Everything goes red <laughs> and <laughs> That's amazing, dude. Yeah. That is scary. There's one of those for Maybe everything. Gets away. There's a cliff diver wore one of those. He's like, yeah, I made it. And he put the camera goes underwater, shark. And he's like, <laughs> you just see all that. He scrambles his way wow. back to the No face. way. <laughs> I do not need to be involved in that. I'm glad he did it. What's the bear, dude? Yeah. I think he gets away. Oh, Jeez. I'm pretty. No, he got. He gets away. He gets away. It did not. He gets make killed, it. and the bear put the video on. <laughs> Have you seen the Clearly, one? I just asked what happened to the bear dude. <laughs> the bear killed him and posted the video himself. He's getting tons of hits now. Please look after this. Have you video. seen the one of the little squirrel? They have a video camera down where the nuts are, and the little squirrel comes over and looks at the nuts and takes the camera up into the tree. Oh, I saw that one That's too. That's very cute. That's fun. That's nice. That damn squirrel would have to give back my camera. <laughs> I think he eventually drops it. Cause yeah. Shit, I'll go get my gun. <laughs> but of course. Uh, I love. Uh oh. No. Why January? 
Well, I think we know on this one. I think this one's self-explanatory. Why Nicole Kidman? That's, That's what I ask you. That's the question. What? Now, my assumption is, is she British or she's Australian? Australian. Right? Australian. Australian. But I think this is an extremely popular... I know I know of this tale. There was a PBS uh, show that was very poorly animated back in the day, I think. And the bear has a trunk and wears a hat, and inside the trunk is a bunch of magic stuff, and he loves orange marmalade. I remember that was his All thing. All true. So, yeah. But, uh, so I think this is a lot more popular with, like, oh, British maybe. or English and people. And she has kids. Maybe she yeah, did it Yeah, I that. think it's sort of like, uh, oh, I'll be in, I mean, she probably read this story to her kids, and it's a big thing to be in it. Now, the thing I don't get about it is that all of a sudden, the, the, you can't take a talking bear movie that's a talking bear movie and then have and then have the CIA go, bears talk? Wait a second, that was just <laughs> accepted as the reality, and now that's a crazy thing that's the plot, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, It would be more, it would make more sense if they're like, bears, he killed a man? Yeah. yeah. The talking bear is okay, because you've already established that. Yeah. I just think it's weird to like make a movie where that should just be a given and you yeah. make the movie about that, to be like, what? There are things called Smurfs? You know, then, then, then yeah. you clap, well, now we must kill Smurfs or whatever. Like it's, you know, just make it a Smurfs movie or a bear movie or whatever. But it's it's very strange when they add that thing. It's like I always said about Green Lantern. I'm like, you can't make a Green Lantern movie about the fact that we've, that now we realize aliens have come to Earth and that's thrown all of America into tizzy. I'm like, you kind of kind of got to get around that because you want to make a Green Lantern movie and not a movie about <clears throat> alien invasion. That's a whole different movie, right? Oh, that's a good point. Like <laughs> Iron Man, yeah. we don't have a big problem with the fact that he makes a suit and he flies. Yeah, don't have someone go, huh? What's this? This doesn't happen in regular normal society. <laughs> yeah. You're like, no, no, no. That's Everybody's not, psyched that he's saving the day from the bad guys who are villains. Yeah, you just villains exist. Yeah, it's an Iron Man movie. You don't yeah. get. It's not a strange thing that was invented movie. That's mm -hmm. a whole other movie. You know? And one more note about Nicole Kidman. Colin Firth was supposed to do the voice of Paddington. He was replaced by Ben Wishaw. Is that his name right? It was Q oh, in the Q new... Q from James Bond. New Colin James Bond Firth. films. But I might have dodged, dodged a bullet. bullet here. Because, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, if, if he's in that, then we're going to see this. Right. He's not. So I don't have to. Oh. <laughs> um, you did dodge a bullet. in February, The Kingsman, The Secret <gasps> Service comes out. Great. The new Matthew Vaughn action movie with him. And, There's a uh, number of things, reasons you should see it. Uh, he's in a suit. He's a spy or like a copy spy what is he like a 007 it's like a secret society yeah. of and super it's Colin Firth Karen's, listen to Karen going on about an action movie see this see, secret, that's exciting. The secret service will be the bringer together of yeah. everything we'll go and see this. she'll get her Colin Firth movie I'll get my oh, action God. movie this will be great yeah yeah. That's, that'll, they, and that's around Valentine's and Day that, that'll probably be around Valentine's yeah, Day from what I've heard yeah. Yeah. they know what they're doing <laughs> or Firth was just in Railway Man and Before I Go to Sleep with Nicole Kidman. They both bombed and he said, fuck that, not another one. <laughs> All right, so um, on to our next film. Yes. <laughs> this one opened in limited release. Cockfosters. Yeah. <laughs> Throw that out there again. This is a Piccadilly line service to Cockfosters. <laughs> Thank you, Thank you Paul. Our next film. This one opened in limited release in December, as I mentioned, and is going into wider release now. American Sniper. Now, when it comes to stories to adapt to the big screen, the story of a man whose life was a movie is a no-brainer. Uh -huh. Here we go, Karen. This show's the greatest. Thank God we held a long time for that. Is Wait, Burton Cummings still alive? Wait for the drop. <laughs> uh, 
Don't hate the troops? Prove it by going to see American Sniper, the latest release of this Oscar season to make boyhood an asshole when it wins Best Picture. <laughs> Chris Kyle was a high school linebacker and Bronco rodeo rider who joined the Navy. Became a SEAL, served four tours in Iraq, received two Silver Stars, five Bronze Stars, one Navy and Marine Corps Commendation Medal, two Navy and Marine Corps Achievement Medals, and was wounded twice in six IED attacks along the way to becoming the most lethal sniper in American history with 160 confirmed kills. Now, by contrast, I went to comedy school and I'm now doing fart jokes in a garage. Oh, that's great. I wrote a hit play and directed it, so I'm not sweating it either. (laughs) The movie stars Bradley Cooper and is directed by Clint Eastwood. Let's listen to a clip. I'm ready to come home. Punk. That was dumb. You could have went Heartbreak Ridge with that one. I'm sorry I didn't send you a clip. (laughs) You absolutely could have went Heartbreak heartbreak Ridge. You adapt and you overcome. Clint has spent his entire career making me feel like a wimpy, arugula-eating shell of a man. But after reading the accomplishments of Chris Kyle, I can now say Clint is a total pussy. (laughs) Bradley Cooper gained 40 pounds of muscle to play Kyle. A lot of press is made when actors gain or lose weight to play roles. But if you're the guy from The Hangover who now has to play an actual superhero, you better do some (laughs) push-ups. Hard to believe Cooper can pull off playing an average-looking guy. But here's proof that a beard can dial down your looks. We have another clip of him from the film. Hello. <laughs> right, that might have been him doing the Elephant Man on Broadway. Oh. Yes. I guess we don't have any clips from the film. Still, pretty impressive, though, for Cooper to come from the huddled masses of actors' studio prospects to make it on film and stage. There's no way you asked Sean Penn a question on the end that you're going to be huge. My name is Bradley Cooper. I'm a second-year actor. My question's regarding Hurley Burley. What was it like to revisit a character, Eddie, after a 10-year hiatus? Not since Jersey Boys six months ago has a film been this directed by Clint Eastwood. There you go. That's... American Sniper. American Sniper. I gotta say, his question was concise. He didn't talk about himself, and he actually asked something intelligent. Hey, oh unlike my God. a lot of the SAG screenings we go to. <laughs> So here's already a bit, step ahead. You ever been to a Q&A, like a screening or something, yes. and those fucking Q&A questions oh people my ask? God. Yes. That is where you realize I, L.A. sucks. I was actually at one uh, for uh, Lori Petty's film. Um, oh, I like Lori Petty. Um, I was in it, actually. She oh. invited me up on the stage, oh, and awesome. no one asked me a question. Oh. So. I would have asked you a question just because. No how many people on stage? Uh, four or five of us. Ouch, no, I would have ouch. asked you a question. Well, Jennifer Lawrence was on the stage, so who's going to talk to me? All right. No one's going to talk to me. Chloe Grace Moretz was on the stage too, so who's going to talk to me? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> three chicks. So there you go. <laughs> now I would have asked you a question, but I would have first said I also am an actor, and I would have told you where I <laughs> went probably... and how good I am at this and that. Before and then I, was... I would try to give you my script. <laughs> you probably would have still been going, "What are you doing on the stage yeah. with Jennifer Lawrence?" That and would Chloe have been Grace my Moretz. question: Is what are you so... doing here, David? Do you remember yeah. me? What are you doing? <laughs> so the late run this movie makes, Adam, uh, worth worth it if it, it gets a lot of accolades. Good film. 
Yeah, it is. I mean, I mean, I I like a good you know war film, and and I I, I like I like these scenarios that they put in, in this movie. I mean, they're so foreign to me, and of course, it's just fraught with tension. And you just like, it's just one of those movies you're just like, oh my god, it's just like you just can't believe the scenarios these people lived out. Even though you know we were there watching the news <laughs> or whatever, but you know they keep you such a far distance so that you don't decide that like Vietnam, this is a shit situation. You know, like they've they've since Vietnam, they've really learned to not show you that much and really kind of paint it in a certain light you know for good or ill but uh yeah in this movie you're you just realize god the streets of of baghdad and the situations that they're in and just and any person walking down the street i mean you've seen the trailer right you know oh yeah so so, you know is any a person walking down the street are they do they have an ied and this guy survived six ied attacks Got injured into, I mean, and it's just like so fraught with danger. You just, I can't even believe it. I, I know a lot of, uh, you know, people make a lot of service about support the troops, and it, it's, it's amazing what these people do. You know, whether they're put in this situation, you know, uh, justified or not. I hate to waste the talents of people like this. For example, in, invading Iraq obviously turned out to be a bad idea, but uh, but man, I, and I just really, and when you realize like what these these pe- seal seals are superheroes. I'm a, a biggest superhero fan possible. So I watch this movie and I go, holy shit, this is a real superhero. This guy's really got supervision and got, you know, he just, they said this guy just always knew instinctively the physics of a situation and where to set up and how to protect people. And the pe- that when you kill 160 people in combat, first of all, you've taken out 160 people. Mm-hmm. So You've taken out my graduating class in high school. Yeah, so that's obviously and 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 you know it, the, he's taking out the right people. Obviously, you know so they drop something from a drone. You don't know. You hit a wedding. For the record, or the majority of my graduating class from high school might have been the right people. Too. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> Ouch! This but this is impressive. This is my kind of film. Yeah, this right. I love a good war movie. Right? Military tactical. Yeah, uh, the best of the best. Look, did you see the trailer? I'd have shot that kid. Oh, me bam! Too. You're dead. No question. You're dead. I'd be like, Don't I'm pick not it up. even yeah. taking a chance. You're dead, and she's dead too. Yeah. I'm gonna shoot her before she can get back in the door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. But they say in the movie, you make a mistake. I mean, they have to account for every person. I shot you. him. He looked yeah. like he had a bomb. What are you gonna do? Yeah, he <laughs> says that in the little the little trailer clip we played. He's you like, can send I, I me home for every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> They'll send you right home and maybe to jail. I, I, I'm the I'm the top sniper. Seriously, you seriously gonna take me out of the field? Yeah, right. He's dead. You want me to kill some more? I'll go send me back. Yeah, these 159. You did a really good job <laughs> with 159 of these guys. But it says here that a kid who had a rocket launcher, you killed him too. But it turns out he wasn't going to kill anybody. We gather. We gather. <laughs> we're guessing. He should have been trying to kill somebody. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and Bradley Cooper. He 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 does not look like a star. To me, he yeah. looks like a guy who could live next door to you. Yeah. yeah. So he's totally relatable, right? And he, he's such a good, powerful actor that a film like this, you are, I know I would be totally caught up in it. And like every moment that he's experiencing, I would too, because I can relate to him. Yeah. If I see, uh, when people look too much like movie stars, I, I'm watching a movie and I don't yeah. get in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but he, and he I seems like a perfect. prime suspect where you would think 
that you know, he was the sort of person that could, but he never does take you out of a movie. No, not me. And I, I think he's perfect for this. Yeah, that's the real story of this. Is Bradley Cooper's awesome? In this he's movie. no joke. Yeah, because no coming up, joke. coming up on a sitcom called Kitchen Confidential. What I think it was called, right <laughs> on Fox. I didn't know that. And then uh, he was then he was in like Wedding Crashers. You're like, okay, he's yeah. like a comedy guy. And then you know the Hangover movies, of course. But to turn that into something that's completely legit, already with uh, a couple of Oscar nominations oh, and so serious, high profile movies. Too. Yeah. And yeah. the thing is, you gain 40 pounds, you become this massive man. They even show him squatting in the movie, and he is squatting, you know, all of us combined and a couple <laughs> friends. And, uh, and you know, so he's this gigantic, he's, he's gotten larger than life, and yet in the process becomes so much more grounded. He's got that accent down. He's just like, he just is this, this, this sort of, you know, classic Texas guy who's just there doing a duty and protecting his his friends to the end, you know, and, and uh, putting himself in danger to protect his fellow soldiers, which is so, you know, amazingly honorable that they, they're in that situation. It's crazy. I can't wait to see it. But the slow rollout has hindered me a little bit. I mean, yeah, yeah, that I don't know. I got a screener, but I never got one. I know. So I haven't even seen a lot of, I like I like to go to the theater during award season because they have a tons of free screenings. I haven't even seen a lot of those, yeah. let alone a screener, you know, so. And also, uh, I forgot, I had no idea the entire time I was watching it that Clint Eastwood directed it. I, I mean, I oh, guess I remember hearing that wow. way back, that's but impressive. that yeah, that's, but yeah, there's a director that never gets in the way yeah. with his style. He has no style except just sort of this efficiency of he can tell a story, right? He can tell a story, and he, and he can tell a story that it takes other people so many shots in like four shots or three shots to just sort of just get that. And so the fact that the directing never gets in the way of it. That you, it just very straightforward. It really just puts you in the scene all the time. It's really impressive. I'm sure I've said this story before, but it bears repeating. I went to a Q&A with Joel Cox, his editor, and he said that uh, Eastwood doesn't use a monitor. Yeah. He watches the actors, and he's worked with the same guys for so long. Mm. He's, if he likes what the actors did, he's like, did you get it? <laughs> they did. See, Moving that's... on. You know, because he trusts those guys. He's been working with them for 25 plus years. It, yeah. it's, it's incredible. And I think a lot of people that watch movies don't understand that. Like, you know, you've been on a set, I'm sure we all have, where the director's so in the way. <laughs> it'll be like, yes. it'll be like, okay, pick this up. Then turn 40 degrees to the left and look up slightly. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Can I just play the scene? Yeah. And have those guys with the fucking cameras and lights catch it? Uh, yep. I know. <laughs> because then you're not in the moment. Now you're worrying about choreography. Yes, I'm worried about, yes, <laughs> I'm worried about, I'm, I'm fucking Debbie Allen over yeah. here and I'm trying to be in the scene. Yeah. I'm worried about choreography. You're absolutely right. Thank yeah. you. It That's why you're here. so annoying. Annoying. <laughs> it's so, so annoying. annoying. So many bad directors. Yep. And I think it's people who have said they're, some people are clearly people who have just said they're directors enough that they're getting hired. And they just clearly haven't directed anything. And you're like, ah, oh, you're so bad at this. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I want to get to the last film, uh, which is another big director. Our final film is a new Michael Mann film, which I think a lot of us can get behind. Wonderful. Black Hat. (laughs) Although the title and the Oscar season timing might suggest that this is a movie about haberdashery during the civil rights era, Black Hat (laughs) is actually a movie about computer hackers. Let's discuss. Adam? (laughs) Nice. I, I love this trailer. I, I think Brad Pitt should do more movies like this. <laughs> I agree with well you. Well said, sir. Uh, so we need, well, we, here's the thing. We need a computer hacker. This is the movie Josh Gad should be in because he played Steve Wozniak in Jobs, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So this fits the Wozniakian profile in Black Hat. <laughs> now, who did play him? <laughs> Chris Hemsworth. Uh. <laughs> See, 
night. <laughs> you know, I swear to you, I thought that was Brad Pitt. Yeah. I swear. I, I thought you were doing this, a bit. No, I do this all the time. Oh, really? I see him. Uh, I thought you were doing a bit. I, no, I see him in movies, and I think it's Brad Pitt. I swear to I you. I thought you were just confusing handsome guys, because sometimes it look, it's easy. It looks yeah. like him. It looks like Brad Pitt. And then I find, and then my wife will go, no, that, that's Chris Hemsworth. I go, ah. Fuck! And then when I find out it's Hemsworth, all I can think is, Thor, put your goddamn helmet on. Right. <laughs> yeah, I can't get past Thor. Yeah. All right, so America's yep. favorite Hemsworth returns to the big screen in a timely tale about cybercrime released in the untimely box office month of January. When a computer hacker crashes the stock market in four locations, cyber agents bring in Nicholas Hathaway, a hacker serving 15 years for infiltrating Sony's mainframe to get the scoop on the development of Grown Ups 3. <laughs> Here's the scene where they pick him up in prison. It might have been 48 hours. I think that's 48 hours. <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> to take down a guy who can blow up nuclear facilities by typing ones and zeros in a basement in Phoenix, Nick and the team of cyber agents will have to travel all over Earth, and especially China, because every movie has to stop in China these days. Oh, I'm sure a six-foot white guy who looks like Thor can hide out and blend right in there while tracking down the perp in Asia. <laughs> Now, I don't know anything about hacking. For a month there, I thought the Sony hack was Adam Sandler. Oh! Oh! my God. You got to stand up and take a bow. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my God. Joke of the night. I'm very proud of some of my jokes, but thank you, David Pompey, for making that moment extra special. From my Twitter to God's ears. Okay. How ridiculous this movie sounds. It's directed by Michael Mann, so it's already worth a look. Thank, thank you, David. That was I'm gonna, di- I'm gonna dine on that for weeks. All right, conspiracy theory. If you do a quick Google search for Black Hat, you'll find that Eddie Bauer is having a sale on them. Perhaps the cyber sleuths that Eddie Bauer have cracked the code. Michael Mann's attention to detail is so precise that he even had the crew digitized like Tron so they could shoot inside of a computer. Conspiracy theory number two. Man's shoots often go so long because he's such a stickler for specifics, but Universal has to be happy that this production went long, just long enough that the Sony hack happened to make this film relevant. Or Universal is behind <laughs> the hack. Movie Guys exclusive. Or this is produced by Legendary. Movie Guys exclusive. <laughs> right, so we can accuse them of hacking. That's fine. That's right. <laughs> This film wants me to believe the premise that when you're as handsome as Chris Hemsworth, you spend a lot of time alone in a room working on computers as opposed to constantly dodging incoming pussy. <laughs> incoming. He's, he's got to dodge it. Incoming. <laughs> oh, he's dodging. He's pussy. dodging more. Than, he's dodging more than most are standing right in the way. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is obviously something for Chris Hemsworth to do between Avengers movies. But they hit the nail a little too hard on the head with some of the dialogue. The guy we're working will drop the big hammer and not think twice about it. There you go. Drop the hammer. That's Black Hat. How do you combine that with the clip? You want me to bring the hammer down? (laughs) (laughs) I love Thor. Let's just talk about Thor. Yeah. No, this looks, uh, I mean, we have the Miami Vice poster up here, the movie Miami Vice, underrated. 
uh, and complex and kind of hard to understand, but it underrated. Is that. I feel it yeah. is that. That was Michael Mann. Yeah, yeah I need to see oh. that again. Well, he produced so. the TV show originally, yeah. and then wow. when it came time to remake all these uh, movies into or these TV shows into movies, you had two directions you could go. You could go Starsky and Hutch. Or you could go, you know, Miami Vice. That's and he cool. went super serious. Yeah, which the show was super serious. People thought it was funny because people dressed in pink. But, uh, <laughs> and there are a lot of flamingos. But. Yeah, exactly. And looks like from the trailer, there's a Michael Mann shootout. Always Ooh, good if you're a fan good. of Heat. Oh, or, God. you know, that's and, uh, like a collateral. Good and, yeah. We love a good shootout. Oh, yeah. Michael Mann shoots a shootout like nobody's business. But. Why January? That is a good question with this one. I mean, I have a feeling... That doesn't put it in blockbuster, you know, uh, slate. It doesn't put it in a award slate. Yeah. Do you think they moved it forward because of the hack? I mean, is there anything to be said about getting mileage there? I mean, we joke about that, but... I I think it's a good idea to jump on the bandwagon if it's happening. I don't know. I don't know if it was always destined for the state. And and see, the thing is, with Michael Mann, it could be delayed because he's a constant reshooter. But that would mean it would have been timed maybe for... Oscar season? That's a bad time for it, too. So, I mean, was this supposed to be a summer movie? That's my question. I'll tell you this. Early reviews are bad. Early reviews of Paddington are good. Oh, ooh. It's Freaky Friday. It's all crazy <laughs> in here. Oh. No, I, I read some reviews. It is interesting you say they're bad, because I looked at some of the reviews on this, too. The ones that are glowing are oddly glowing. Like, weirdly, like, sideways, like, his most metaphoric film. And I'm like, that's why you gave it 100%? Like, his, his most, uh, like, I can't remember what they, what they were saying, but they kept saying things like, uh, uh, like, surreal images and, like, his most, like, eloquent images and stuff like that, poetic images and things like that. I'm like, Eh, this is a Michael Mann movie. Like, that sounds like a fail, but they're all like... Yeah, I, it makes me wonder, like, what, what, how do, do his own people see him? Like, who is this movie for? That's a good point. Yeah, who is the audience for this movie? Yeah, I mean, who's it for? Action fans? I mean, it looks like it could be an action it's thing. It's being billed or? as that. Yeah, I've yeah. seen a couple times where it says, like, is by the trailer thriller? on YouTube, it says Chris Hemsworth action thriller. It yeah. is a thriller, okay. Yeah. Well, it it's that because it doesn't seem like an action thriller. That's yeah. the thing too. At the at, at, when that's that's the tough thing. It comes down to people typing. I mean, that's yeah. a really tough right. thing, to, right? You know, it, like, people hey, typing in a way. No, I got to tell you, Paul showed me the coolest thing yesterday. Um, the anonymous people that are using computer technology to get back at Al Qaeda. Yeah, anonymous. Yeah. People, I yeah, think that, that's brilliant it because is. if we can find a way to upset their infrastructure and maybe slow them down in a very safe way for people's lives. That's brilliant. And and threatening. And threatening. Uh, Anonymous is like, we are going to bring you down. That's I love Anonymous's <laughs> balls, right? I do too. That's right? really I do too. Ballsy, Amazing. Yeah. I do too. Yeah, and they're, they're yeah, they're, they're just like one, they're to equalize. Oh, wait, things. I remember I like they said that. there's uh-huh. nowhere you'll be safe. Ah! I think is what they said That's to such a ISIS movie. and Al Qaeda. That is so such movie. a movie. It's yeah. such a movie. It's yeah. fantastic. But these guys are like they're seventeen year old kids yeah. and younger at you know on their family computer. Uh, I just. There's nothing sexy about hacking. No, yeah, right. Chris you got to get Hemsworth in there. But right. if you if you like the Frankenstein movie last year or whatever, you got to like Frankenstein. vampires <laughs> Frankenstein. can turn sexy, right? Yeah. They turn dead guys sexy. <laughs> the, the one chick was dating a zombie. Mm-hmm. Frankenstein's become Werewolves a sexy, are sexy. man. Werewolves mm-hmm. are sexy. Why not hackers? Uh-huh. Uh. <laughs> well, that movie Hackers had Angelina Jolie in it, right? I mean, they just <laughs> they've always tried to sex him up because the real thing is not <laughs> now not you know, hot. You know what's bad? Nineties. 
movies about hacking. They like really didn't know much about <laughs> anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the computers yeah. the were nets. really thick, yeah. and they were all like dot matrix. Yeah, yeah. she's she's got a laptop the size of this table on the beach, like you know. <laughs> and there's always the scene where they break down the door, and that gigantic computer's sitting there by yeah. itself. Everyone's gone, like oh. And you hear the yeah, you hear the dot matrix printer, right? Yeah, you hear the printer. Yeah, the printer's just going. <laughs> but that but that's that's the ridiculous thing about this one. Like I said, I'm in because it's a Michael Mann film. I'll check it out because he he. Even if the, even if the whole like plot collapses and there's so much stuff that's not be able to buy, like just the way he presents his stuff with such gravitas, we we did say when we watched the trailer, we're like, well, this could be called Gravitas the movie because everything's just big and you know, it's, even though it's typing, but yeah, it's like the, all all the rushed, hurried, excited stuff in the trailer is like he's coding, he's still coding. And you're like coding <laughs> is boring, like they're just he's so still yeah. coding. <laughs> it's gotta be it's gotta be Johnny Mnemonic. It's, you've got the information, we've yeah. gotta chase you off. All yeah. over the film, right? And then we have the big climax and the big fight at the end, and you finally deliver whatever it is you need to deliver. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. got to be that. Yeah, well, yeah, put the information in your head in Giant Mnemonic. That's a little more exciting. And uh, hopefully we'll get a better resolution monologue. But other than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris Hemsworth, did you see Rush, David? The, I did not. The wait, race wait, car movie? I think I did, yes. Race car one? Yeah. yeah, well, Hemsworth's no joke. You know, and I think wise to take these kind of high-minded movies between big blockbusters, Snow White and Huntsman and Avengers-type yeah. movies, to vary things out, you know, much like Tom Cruise wisely did the beginning of his career when he'd be in Top Gun and then Color of Money and Days yeah. of Thunder and Rain Man. You know, he would mix it up. And he's got the chops to do it. After watching Rush, I'm like, Hemsworth could do it. Why not put him in anything? He'll, he's, I think he can deliver the acting where it's necessary. I just and I'm happy to see that. I just can't believe anyone could pull Thor off. <laughs> I mean, really, like did, Thor as just like it, when I was a kid and looking at all these like potential superhero movies, you know, they couldn't pull a Batman movie off uh, until Tim Burton's. And, and then even that after that, they couldn't pull a Superman movie off and stuff like that. And you're like, so in your dream of dreams, you're like Thor, who's going to pull Thor off? The fact that there, there's going to be a third Thor movie and Avengers stuff, you're like, and it's because the guy, a, a, a friend of mine went to the premiere of this and saw Chris Hemsworth and he's like, he is Thor. He is six foot six. He is gigantic. I mean, he might as well be wearing armor. He's just so much larger than life. And it's a family know? of that. Liam's hot. And there's like two other brothers who aren't even the business who are apparently giant brick shithouses. And just like, It's just Gary. the whole family. Yeah. yeah. Gary Hemsworth. Yeah. <laughs> right. And Dutch. They call the other one Dutch. 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 <laughs> all right, never mind all that shit. Here comes Mongo. It's our guest time. Yay. Let's have a little, a little Dave Pompey time, everybody. David Pompey. Thank you. Joining us. You might have heard from him earlier in the show. <laughs> yes. Yes, he was the one that wasn't Adam or I. Yes, <laughs> yes exactly. <laughs> Let me just cut right to what we ask every guest on our show. Yes, sir. Your favorite movie of all time. Oh, that's easy. Oh, you were one of the few people Thank to say goodness. that. You're the very first person to say that. So it's easy. easy. Everyone it's been else. My favorite movie. Sneakers, right? Yes, it's absolutely sneakers. <laughs> Honey, I shrunk the kid. No, yeah. absolutely not. Excited. The Godfather. Oh, oh yeah. there we go. That is it's a my favorite movie uh, ever. It's always been now, uh, one and two. I consider it one film. Yeah, and that is one of the first sequels that was uh, like a real movie and that continued a story. Well, I had read that, the book. Oh, see, I had read the book. Are I read both the, movies in the book, like basically that that almost, whole story. Almost, yeah. The, okay. the especially the veto. Part uh, when just before uh, that kid grows up to be Robert De Niro, that's yeah. in the book. And the young so, Corleone story is in the book as that's well. That's in the book. Okay. Uh, I've never how, read the book. And uh, 
they go into Jenko Abandando and those guys. Like, you don't get that in the movie. You see Jenko Olive Oil Company. Oh, okay. And, and they mention him. You know, Jenko just died. But see, I'm going to give you some backstory. Yes, <laughs> Please do. We love, I mean, this is going to help me enjoy uh, the this Don's uh, conciliary has just died. He died of cancer. Jenko Abandando. And. Oh, that's before Tom Hayden? That's Hagen. Or Hagen. Right. right. And Hagen. Not Thomas Hayden. Hagen Church, Tom has Hagen. just been sent to law school. He's been sent to law school to be the family lawyer, but he's not going to be conciliary. Okay. Uh, he's not in the family. He's Irish. Mm-hmm. He can't oh, be that's made. Right. He that's can't right. be made. So uh, Jenko dies of cancer, all the while thinking that the Don can fix this. <laughs> okay, on his deathbed, he's good. He, he asks the Don to fix it. The Don's like, "Don't blaspheme." Yeah, right. He can't fix it, so Jenko dies. I so there's no conciliary, and the Don's been the Don. He's been on top for so long that the Tatalias and the other families they think it's time now because they want to get into drugs, and he doesn't. Yeah, and, and so uh, you, you know that part. Of and that part, well, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, it's but, interesting uh, is that is but the they see weakness, and and now's the time. Yeah. Uh, and so the only problem is uh, Luca Brazzi, uh, because Luca in in the book is so. But they don't really go into that in the movie either. Luca made his reputation by literally fighting off Al Capone by himself. Wow! Uh, really? Al Capone tried to move into New York. Al, Al's from New York. Yeah, actually. And so after he got into the Chicago outfit, they tried to get some inroads into New York and they tried to move in onto the Corleones because they were new. And the Corleones were like, no. So Luca kills five guys in six days. And the last guy, uh, he dismembers him with an axe, like ankles, knees, thighs. Brutal. Wrists, elbows, shoulders. Hips. N- n- what he, is that little song? Yeah, he, hips, yeah absolutely. Head, shoulder, knees, and toes. Yeah. He's literally found <laughs> all his joints Ooh. cut with a rag in his mouth so nobody could hear him scream. And after that, Al Capone's like, maybe we should stay out of New wow. York. And, 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 and the, the Don writes a threatening letter. Like, basically, I can't remember the letter, but it's basically. And he doesn't really have a gang that could fight off Chicago. This Wait, is all. All that's in the book? Yes. Wow. Okay, I'm now, smelling, I'm smelling awesome. a new now Godfather they, movie. But they, he tells Luca the story the in the book. Mm-hmm. They don't go into all the details of this. Yeah. This is the thing that they won't. There's a story they keep talking about that no one wants to tell about Luca. And that one isn't it. Oh, <laughs> that one isn't it. No, that's amazing. That's awesome. Luca's actually insane. He's really insane, and the Don's afraid of him. But he has to keep him close, and he understands that he looks at him as a father. But he's a f- he's nervous, and there's a scene. Keep your enemies closer. Well, there's a scene where uh, I don't know if you remember, but it's very subtle at the wedding in the first movie. Yeah, when uh, Tom tells the Don, Luca Brazzi's here to see you, you know, to congratulate. To to give the wedding gift. Does anybody ever remember the look on that comes across Brando's face as Corleone? It's like, (laughs) and he says to him, (laughs) "Do I have to?" (laughs) Right? He doesn't really want to talk to him. Do I have to? Because I'm busy and he's just he doesn't want to talk to him because he's afraid that that he may say the wrong thing because he doesn't. He's insane, right? And he doesn't know what (laughs) might make him. Turn oh, against I want to see this God, movie. So, so he keeps him away. He keeps Luca at a distance. And he only it deals with Luca when it's time for somebody to die. Yeah. So that's why at the end of the when at the end of the Salazzo movie, he gets that grim look on his face and he tells turns to Tom and goes, Have Luca Brazzi go uh, you know, yeah. come see me or whatever. Yeah. And uh, he keeps his dialogue really short and really to the point. I'm a little worried about this Salazzo fellow. 
I want you to make him feel like you're not too happy with our family. See what he's got under his fingernails. That's all he says to him. Right? Wow. It's beautiful. It's that's, a great that's, a, that's, that's awesome. Well, that's the one that's in the top ten of all time on anybody's list, I think. That is the most entertaining, I think, and accessible to a modern audience while being and feeling classic. Yeah. You know, I, and that's it, a great it wins am- everywhere. But that's a great amount of love for it to read. Did you see the movie first or the read the book first? I read first? the book first. Oh, oh. interesting. Then the, reading the book made me want to see the movie. I had always heard about it, but I hadn't seen it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I didn't really want to see some old movie. I, I don't care. That's the thing. Until uh, you see it, and it's and classic. I, I don't know how I got a hold of the book, but I it was like, eh, I guess I'll, I started reading it. And I I read the whole thing in a day or two. I just wow. read it wow. through. Page turn. I was huh? like, oh, wow, this is fantastic. I got to see this movie. Yeah. So, so then I saw the movie, and, it's... and I could fill in the blanks. And uh-huh. I'm sitting there. I had never seen it. And I'm telling people, oh, this is this. Like, have you seen this? I'm like, no, I've not seen it yet. But wow, this is, oh, this is this. Oh, so that's what Salazzo looks like. Oh. <laughs> I didn't see it either until we went to Italy, and we watched it on the plane over. And then when we got to Sicily, we watched the second movie in Sicily. Oh, wow. That was fascinating because it wow. still looks like that. Yeah, I've never seen that either. Oh, that my God. Cool. It was amazing. We went to Corleone. Yeah, you Paul, went to Corleone. Yeah, we had to. Yeah. We, we were at it's one tiny. side of the one side of the island, and in order to get to the next place we were staying, we could just take the main roads or cut through to Corleone. What are you going to do? Oh, yeah. yeah, you got to. Wow, yeah, how cool. cool is that? Yeah, we made awesome. it out. We made it out. We made it out alive. <laughs> and we did all right. I gotta tell you, it's more. Uh, a lot of the towns are quaint and tiny and adorable, and Corleone's a little more industrial. Is it? <laughs> yeah, a little more badass. A little bit. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite movie? You're embarrassed to like. Because the Godfather, obviously, I, we all agree on that yeah. one. I don't, I, I don't, I don't get embarrassed by. It. I, yeah. If I like it, I like it. I don't care who does it. So the Wedding Singer. Uh, actually, I did like. that I did movie. like the Wedding, the wedding Singer. Singer's great. Uh, but oh, I yeah. watch, I watch, like I watched the Dark Crystal the other day. Oh, Anybody ever see that? This animated thing. One. I mean, uh, puppets and stuff. Like, and, yeah, like, about, about when it came out. Uh, I saw. Essence yeah. of Gelfling. <laughs> Like essence of Gelfling, uh, <laughs> the perfume, right? Yeah, yeah it sounds like it's a, Paris Hilton. Uh, but no, uh, let's see. What would people? Let's see. I get called a nerd because I love Star Trek. Oh, uh, let's talk some Star Trek. Absolutely love Trek. <laughs> did you like the new Trek? I did. Oh, but I was not going to watch it. I oh, was what? boycotting. Oh, it was hmm. good. I I I should have seen it in the theaters. Yeah. Uh, but I was on the blogs and stuff with the Trek fans, and they were like, "No, did you? They hired a Star Wars director. <laughs> like, because his he said his favorite movie was Star Wars. We yeah. can't have that. And I was like, Hmm, that's not right. Here's a good question. Do any of these people like these movies? Yes. Like all the Star Wars fans in which this they've seen this new trailer and everything's controversial and everything sucks again. And all the people that everything that's announced about Star Trek movies, they hate it all. They hate it. Do they, what do you like? It's, it's so insane. Here's, here's the thing. Here's They're the, the worst thing. fans. Here's the thing. Don't change shit. Leave the shit alone. It's classic for a reason. That's Don't change shit. Don't rewrite this timeline. Don't no. fucking... He had, to, he had to rewrite the timeline because of the fans. There's no way he could get away with anything That's what I'm without doing you. that. Don't yeah. don't destroy Vulcan. Don't rewrite the fucking timeline. Don't. No. Fuck no. <laughs> don't. Yet you liked them. But I ended up liking it. Oh, well. But he's got to fix the timeline. I will be unsatisfied if he doesn't. <clears throat> Vulcan can't be destroyed. I would also suggest 
I would suggest I liked Vulcan being destroyed because I like Kurt, I like Spock being the last of his race. And there is no way throughout the entirety, with the exception of maybe two episodes of Star Trek, that you would not assume he's the last of his race. First of all, <laughs> Spock has a human mother, so he's not even completely Vulcan. Yeah, which is great. No, it's not. Oh, ah! it's great. There's absolutely no reason a Vulcan would ever marry a human. It's insane. Oh, it makes him so flawed to be part human. But we don't want him flawed. <laughs> oh, yeah, we do. No, we otherwise don't. Otherwise, he's a robot. Otherwise, no, he's Data. Spock can be, and Data's flawed. Spock can be flawed, but the other Vulcans cannot be. No, the other Vulcans are absolutely... Okay, and so we have to have the other Vulcans to show what Spock is. If you don't have the other Vulcans... No, you can't destroy Vulcan. Get out of here. <laughs> hey, you heard the man, Adam. You're out. Adam, All right, I'm out of here. No, don't get change the shit. That's why the fans get pissed off. You Like, mm -hmm. don't rewrite the shit. It's classic for a reason. Don't, like... Like, first of all, put Thor's fucking helmet on. Would you go see a Batman movie without if he took his cowl off? That uh, always no. pisses me off. Spider-Man movies, no. they take the mask right off. Yeah. Stop that. Because these pretty boy <laughs> actors have to have their faces shown I on the know. film. Put the fucking mask on or don't be Spider-Man. But what'd you make of the scene on a rooftop in Spider-Man, the first Raimi one, where Spider-Man and Green Goblin had a huge conversation. It was this kind of guy nodding it. their heads. Hated you it. You kind of needed to see a face, didn't you? No. Okay. Fuck no. <laughs> you wouldn't have seen it in the comic books. Hell no. Hated it. There's nothing to talk about. Fight. <laughs> He's got stop, a good point. Stop, stop Get the to negotiate. the action. I have, yeah. Batman, I have Batman Arkham City, and that plays like a movie, the video I love game. This is the greatest, right? It's great. And the greatest thing is, everybody's in the mask the entire time. You never see anybody but Batman and Robin and they, Catwoman. Why it's do you best. need to take your mask off? You don't need to. And uh, These modern-day superheroes, everybody knows their secret identity. Yeah. So why don't you just kill all their friends? That's a pretty old trope. <laughs> but why don't you? I mean, if I know you're Spider-Man, Aunt May's dead. <laughs> She's dead now. In fact, I'm going to kidnap her and I'm going to keep her alive just to make you do everything I want you to. Well, they, <laughs> they get away with that because Captain America's friends are all dead. And uh, Thor's friends are all off in another world. So there's a couple of them get away with that. It's just, it's like, it's like we don't, I don't know, it's somewhere along the line, it seems someone decided superheroes don't need secret identities. And then everybody else just jumped on the bandwagon. Yes, they do. The other trend that I hate is they've taken the trunks off the superheroes. I don't want to see Superman's nuts. <laughs> That's why they Wait, wear the trunks. He's running around without pants? <sighs> they, 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 <laughs> That's why they wear the trunks. So you don't Dude, like an underwearless so, Superman no. man of steel. No, so he's saying they got the tights, but they don't have the trunks that go right. over them. Right. I see. Ah. Now, the so. tights nowadays, as we've often pointed out, seem to be made of basketball. Yeah. <laughs> what do you make of that? <laughs> Spider-Man, all of them. They want girls to come to the movies. <laughs> they want they want to make superheroes accessible to, to I, a female audience. I think you're right. I think that Liam Neeson needs to do away with the trunks. <laughs> of course Seriously. you do. But do you remember the old Batman show? I have the complete Oh, stuff. yeah. It just okay. came out on Blu-ray. Do you remember the oh. Riddler? He yeah. was the only guy that didn't wear trunks. Could you see his nuts? <laughs> Absolutely. Every time Frank Gorshin comes on the street, you go, I can see his nuts. And he's doing a lot of jumping around, too, for a guy whose nuts you can see. Put some damn pants on. <laughs> Pants on, Riddler. Nobody wants to see that. I'm, look, I'm looking it up. I just want to see it. You're looking I'm at the Frank only one. Gorshin's nuts? Yep. Yeah. You're the only person in the world doing that right now. I guarantee <laughs> it. If you ever wanted to be you know, the only person that, on the that, internet doing the only That thing. internet search is going to go right through. Nobody else is looking at <laughs> it. Exactly. That's, uh, that's it. All right. Well, uh, how, about, how about you? You ever want to make or write a, a film? Or yes, have you? Yes. I have dabbled in screenwriting a bit unfortunately i haven't sold anything uh but it's who hard knows? isn't it it's beyond hard <laughs> yeah but who knows uh maybe one day yeah um but i'm always writing constantly constantly writing 
Mostly jokes, it goes sorry. in it goes into stand up most of your material in a brain. No, um I how can I explain this? I write a lot of stuff that does not fit into a stand up routine and I'll look I'll just write it. If I think it's funny, I'll I'll I'll, I'll just write it out. That's the most and important then thing. I'll look at it and I'll go, Well, this doesn't sound like stand up. This sounds like a scene from a film. So I'll put it in that box. Yeah. Or I'll write this and go, Oh, this would be a great sketch. Yeah. So then I'll put it over there with the sketches. Or yeah. this would be a great meme and I'll put it over there. <laughs> so it all depends on what it is. Yeah. And say, oh, this sounds like a poem. Maybe I could create a character that would do this poem. But that's and the most I'll... important part of the creative process is to give into it every time you get an idea, to get yeah. it down, to to give yourself over to it, because that's the way you get more ideas. So whether this one was valid or not, you write it down, you go, oh, here's a great screenplay idea, and you spend an hour on it, and then you never write on that screenplay idea again. But your brain kept that and your brain was justified and sort of mm-hmm. got the endorphins and getting down that idea can you tell i used to teach uh, writing <laughs> See, sometimes you look at it again and you go you know i wanted this to be a screenplay but it's not this is a song <laughs> I mean, you, know, you don't know what it is right you don't know yeah and now you have a uh you can go to davidpompey.com yes davidpompey.com P-O-M-P-E-I-I. And you, is that, I know you have a newsletter that just kind of launched, right? So you figure... Composity. You can put stuff on there that's, that's anything you want, right? You don't know where it goes, you can stick it on that. I can, yes. I've done that. Like, oh, this this could be... Uh, uh, this is like... This sounds like something uh, Dave Barry might write. And I go, <laughs> oh. Which gave me the idea. I was like, I should do a newsletter. Uh, mainly because there's so many successful podcasts. Uh, if you're a comedian... The, the gold rush was five years ago. Absolutely, right? yeah. It's like getting to yeah. the gold rush in 1850. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking your ass off for nothing, right? So uh, years ago when a couple of friends were like, oh, we should do a podcast, I didn't want to do it. Yeah. And I should have. Uh, and so then I thought, well, nobody's doing a newsletter. Yeah. Who's got a comedy newsletter? Nobody. So I started doing it. That's cool. Nice. Yeah, that's really cool. Now, if you go over to DavePompey.com, you can also find this. Did you see that? <laughs> <laughs> that looked like Buster Rhymes and Maya Angelou had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was one jacked up looking. <laughs> uh oh. You just dropped the N-word, Oh yeah, but you're not an N. <laughs> Lucky for you, there's a way to avoid these situations. <laughs> Introducing the new smartphone application, the Negraph. Oh. Finally, a technology specifically designed to help you determine whether or not you can drop the N-bomb. That, of course, Key and Peele. Uh, that was Keegan. That was yeah. Keegan. Man, oh. those guys are so good. Oh, oh, my God. How great are they? Uh, yeah, tell me about a day on the set with them. Yeah. I just wanted, because I've known them for so long. Just, yeah. you know, old friends, and I think I but probably you know Jordan half from the right side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, uh, absolutely. Uh, from Chicago at Second City. And um, Keegan actually had me over before the show came out. Uh, uh, we, My family, we, we went over to the house, and... He showed me the pilot before it aired. It was, I I couldn't stop laughing. I'm like, Keegan, man, this thing is, this is really great. Like, you guys. And here we are. This time later, like, they are just so damn funny. He told me they had 247 sketches banked before they shot the pilot. Wow. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. I said, what? He goes, yeah, we got all the shit. Because they improvise it out, and then they write it out. You know, yeah, they improvise yeah. it, and they write it was out. Was it just them doing all that, or did they have a team? Well, I think initially it was just him and Jordan just improvising together and keeping the stuff that they wanted. And then wow. I, I don't know when the writing staff came in. Uh, yeah, Rebe- but, Rebecca... Um, yeah, uh, Rebecca, uh, Rebecca Drysdale, Michelle yeah. on the, is, is a writer on there. I can't remember everyone else. Um, it's all Chicago. Crew. I know Josh Funk was doing the music for a while. I don't mm-hmm. know if he still is. I think Andy Cobb wrote the Cobb uh, was Obama ones things. for a while. Yeah, the, Cobb uh, was doing some things. Uh, it's so great. They have so many formats and, and they you know, are. It's just they had so much. See, and that that's the thing you're talking about writing. Mm-hmm. Like you write far more than you're ever going to use. Yeah. Right, and if you don't, you're cheating yourself. Yeah, you know, yeah. you really haven't put in the work because at a certain point, you turn a corner. Um, how can I? I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but you write and you write and you write, and it's not bad, and some of it's really good, and some of it may even be great. But then you turn a corner, you find this other thing that if you didn't spend the time, you wouldn't have found. Yeah, if you'd have stopped when it was just good. Yeah. And that, that comes with their experience, too. They're so experienced at picking out premises and writing sketches. And you can tell when something comes along that's not. And I will I will pick on, because nobody will care, the WB, a long time ago, and this is back when Schadenfreude had a, a couple meetings, and, and we were told, uh, well, we're going to see how this other sketch show does before we're looking at other sketch shows. And the show was called The Hype. Oh, dude. Go ahead. Tell your story. Okay. <laughs> and and so you're like, okay, well, let's check out this thing called The Hype. And you watch it, and you, and you just... And, you know, the thing is, like, everybody in this room, we, we, we got to be in Chicago, and we got to be with all these amazing... I mean, all these people that are super famous right now, we're just all in Chicago just doing whatever they want, you know, while we're all doing our sketches and stuff. And, and it was such an amazing atmosphere. So you really got to know what good comedy was, <laughs> and everybody was really exercising their form, and, and even in stand-up and everything like that. And then you go watch something like The Hype, and you're like... These people have never written a sketch. They really don't know what a sketch is. And there's a difference between like a sketch and a skit. You know, there's that high school skit, and you're just watching the show, and you're like, you know, football players do skits. Football, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Thank you, Stan Gable and the guys, Revenge of the Nerds. They did skits. Yeah. Oh man. So you watch the show, and you go, well, I guess we can't have a show because the hype is doing skits. (laughs) I was that close to being on the hype. Were you? Yes. It might have been better. Might have dodged a bullet, dude. I was trying to get out of Chicago, but it might have given you. They were talking. 7,500 or 10,000 a week whoa. per episode. Well, that's and I'm, I'm, <laughs> at, I'm like, whoa. So I auditioned for them. I did my characters and they liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. And my agent called me and she was like, I think you're in. Like, oh, you're going to get this. You're going to get this. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, yeah. cool. This will change my life. I'll be in LA making 10 grand or 7,500, whatever. God, uh, episode, this is going to be boom, boom, boom. Wow. Then she called me back and goes, don't uh, book your plane ticket yet. Because... Oh. Um, they picked, there was a black guy in the cast. Was I don't there? remember his name. I thought it was an all-white cast. No, there was one black guy. Okay. He had one character. It was a flamboyant gay character. Oh. I don't know if you remember this. <laughs> I uh, do not. But he was all over the, pro, the press when they first put it out, because apparently the producers thought this was so funny. Mm. Well... You saw the show. Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> and it just read of people that just were really, th- this was their first idea. All those sketches were clearly their first idea. They didn't bank 250 sketches because they were masterful no. at it, and they were really into it also. These are people that desperately were cranking out a sketch. And, you know, who knows? I don't know the scenario, the situation of the show. You know, anything could have went wrong, so I don't want to blame the writers if anybody's listening or whatever. But I will give you a funny addendum to that. So that's about <laughs> 2000, right? I don't remember now. Okay. So one, out of my one, head. one year ago, and I'm <laughs> saying this in 20. 
2015. About one year ago, I went to Chicago and went with some friends. And uh, there's still in Chicago some really great dive bars, and people will lay claims to ones. <laughs> and in like in Ukrainian village, you know, there will be that that all sort of masonry brick outside with just that Pabst Blue Ribbon, you mm-hmm. know, of a sign that's been in a tiny window that's the only thing that looks outside and inside it is just clearly straight out of the Ukraine, <laughs> you know. They're just, they've got a little refrigerator that barely keeps things warm and, or barely things seem cold and they'll give you a PBR from that and that sort of thing. And it's a, kind of a good place to go if you've got a bunch of friends or whatever because you can have the whole bar, basically, you know. And uh, so we're sitting there and they hand me a coaster and just this old school bar that's been around forever and there was even, even behind the bar that I mean clearly the owner was this man who had died recently and his wife was running it and there's a whole funeral thing behind it with this old Ukrainian man or whatever and now she's running it and everything and you're just like and she she throws a coaster and it says WB's the hype and that's how long that's how long they've had they've had these coasters since they promoted that I laughed so hard, took a picture of it. I sent it to everybody in Schadenfreude, and I was just like, oh, that's so funny. It could have had your picture on it, David. Uh, Can you play a gay, flamboyant character? She asked me. I remember her asking me, do you have a, like, she was going to, like, put me on tape, one last ditch. Uh, You totally could have done that. I could do it. Put a bow in your hair and go. I had done some really good stuff, I thought. Of course. And I was, like, really appalled. I was like, you know what? I'll get something else. Yeah, you didn't have to go down to and do that character. I, uh, and then the show was canceled like right away. Wasn't Very it? quickly. Yeah. So I wouldn't even have got the 10 grand a episode. A I probably would have yeah. got one or two episodes, three or four. I don't know. How's a show called The Hype have one black guy on it? Right? <laughs> Boy, that's appropriation of a phrase, right? Yeah. yeah. That's ridiculous. Because immediately. <laughs> anyway. anyway. And you know what? I shouldn't say you only had one character. I shouldn't say that, but that was the only one I saw. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's what I would say, too. Like, yeah, who, who knows what the real story of that show is? I'm sure, I'm sure Terry Sweeney had 100 different characters. Ah, right? Terry Sweeney. There's a reference to <laughs> yeah. one year of Saturday Night Live. But uh, hey, Saturday Night Live. Hey, listen, we got to get on to this, and even so, it's going to be very fast. What did you see this week? We've had great guests, and we've had to curtail this uh, segment of the show d- because we've and told we these barely can fit it in now. Well, in fact, let's just let's talk to uh, let's find out what uh, you saw this week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just saw um, Birdman. Oh, isn't that a movie that's just trying to be the best movie of the you year? Know, I I love <laughs> yeah. Michael Keaton, and yeah. right? it's so well written and it's so well done, mm. so well acted, and I was just totally moved by Michael Keaton's performance. However, I was not, I, the ending was not satisfying. Oh, I loved it. I, I had no idea what happened. I don't uh, want to spoil I, it. I, yeah, yeah, we can't I, talk about details. Really he, he, they regale in the ambiguous ending, and yes. you either love it or hate it. And you you're love into it that or thing, or you're nah. not into and that I thing. And I loved the movie, but I felt a little bit let down. But given the magic that, that pops up from time to time in the movie, or really, given the magic of the enti- the existence of the movie, really, like the whole thing is a little magical, and, and, and the, the fact that it's all this one-take thing gives you a bit more of a uh, heavenly vibe. But I will say, the more I thought about it... yeah. And as I began to realize that this is a satire, uh-huh. I appreciate the ending more. Yeah. Initially, when I saw it, though, I'm just talking about my initial reaction. I was like, oh, wh- what? Yeah. What? Yeah. And I, and keep but isn't dig- that good? Keep digging around the internet, though. You'll find all sorts of theories. And now it's become fun to like read the next it one. It is, like Pulp that- Fiction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's in the case? Yeah, that one what's doesn't the- bother me what's for the some reason. About- Here's the thing. What a special movie. You don't find anybody talking about the endings of any of these other movies or anything, you know, controversial or, or, you know, and and yes, the thing, you left the theater and you're like, 
Oh, you kept thinking about it, kept thinking about it, kept thinking yeah, about it. Yeah, and I don't want to say what it is. No, exactly. I'm, it's right on to, but, but that being said, say? I'm with you on the satisfying thing Karen is, too, about how satisfied you are when it's over. Yeah. It's a little frustrating. I wish I had, like, the satisfaction I had at the end of... Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians. <laughs> <laughs> Lego movie. No, I gotta say that. Grand Budapest Hotel. That's oh. so When those are done, I was just like, yeah. I uh, was able to hear a point of view from my brother, who isn't an actor, but he's a musician, and he had seen the movie, and he said... That he didn't like it as much, and then we were talking back and forth, and I said, well, you do realize a lot of the, the thing I appreciate are the really long takes, because I find that kind of um, memorization is akin to doing plays, and that is really a tricky thing whenever you have all these people coming in and out to do this scene on film because you can't make any mistakes. And even if it's a lighting mistake or a sound mistake, if there's any mistake by anybody anywhere, mm-hmm. you got to start over. Yeah. And and when I told him that, he thought about it for a minute. He's like, it makes me like the movie a little more. And that's what makes you know? it, it makes it a classic kind of art film, too, is that it takes the subtext of doing a play and it makes yeah. a play out of a movie, movie. in order to sort yeah. of present that. To but I don't I mean, know if everyone gets that. Do. Like, yeah. people watch it go, oh, that's really good. But oh, yeah, very it's clever. really <laughs> fucking hard. Like, if anybody, yeah. if the air conditioning turned on or yeah. anything out of the ordinary, if someone sneezes off stage and they can't control it, you start over. Uh, Inuritu, the director, Alejandro. Uh, said I read an uh, Empire magazine which I got for Christmas. Thank you, Karen. The only movie mag- magazine still out there. I got know, a subscription it's, it's now. The read an article, <laughs> uh, and and he said that he felt like like how was I not being this ambitious with my directing before now? Oh, you know, awesome. it's like the, the guy made Babel and yeah. Twenty One yeah. Grams and and, and Morris Peros it's and all, they're all ambitious films. But he's like, no, I, I he he just so appreciated the chances and everything that he took when he when he directed this film yeah. that he's gonna it's gonna launch more creativity in future projects and I welcome it so. yeah I yeah. certainly do too yep uh, we need to get to the grand finale of the show right. the best way to wrap up the show Karen's celebration of the birthdays of those who make the movies it's time for Karen's <laughs> birthdays take it away week of birthdays by wishing a very happy birthday to Regina King, who turns 44 but can play anywhere from a wife to a sister to a friend. Regina studied <laughs> under true. acting coach slash actress Betty Bridges, the mother of actor Todd Bridges. Wow. Todd, I was going to really? say Jeff. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, that might have been a little better. She was Regina's acting coach for 10 years before and during her, during her first role on TV in the series 227. Wow. Anybody remember that? I Absolutely. do. I Absolutely. love 227. There she played a, the daughter. There was a 227 live show. There oh, was, it, wasn't there? There was a Second City. That's right. That's great. Uh, she then went on to work in the film Boys in the Hood and Jerry Maguire. Now, guys, I checked to see if there are any movies where Regina King was naked because I think she's very pretty. So far, nothing. <laughs> Mr. Skin said, though. <laughs> Mr. Do you have Skin, a subscription to that, honey? <laughs> at this Mr. point, Skin. I log in. I was just looking to see if she's naked, and Mr. Skin has a little announcement that says, I encourage any of our viewers, our fans, if anyone has a naked photo of her, please feel free to submit it. Oh, that's so wrong. Oh, that's creepy. Look, Mr. Skin better relax, because Regina King does not fuck around. No. She will find Mr. She- Skin and put her foot right up Mr. Skin's ass. Ah, excellent. Next up, let's wish. I'd like to see a naked picture of that. Let's wish a very happy birthday right, so. to Liam Hemsworth. Oh, yes. our second favorite our Hemsworth. Second favorite. He turns 25, but can play anywhere from dating Miley Cyrus to dating Jennifer Lawrence. Talking about dodging a wrecking ball. 
No. no. <laughs> I he would, didn't dodge anything. That's, uh, that's I a pretty hot a, coterie to... Uh, <laughs> would you want to be with Miley Cyrus? I'd yes. Say, oh, okay. He would, yes. Never mind. I, know I forgot Adam You've seen her with the short hair and the oh. naked on a wrecking ball? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Hemsworth family has a lot to celebrate this week. Liam is having a birthday and his brother, Chris Hemsworth, is opening the action crime drama Black Hat. The brothers are very close and supportive of each other. And Liam says, one of the biggest inspirations before I started shooting came from my brother. When he texted me and said, hey, fatty, it's called Hunger Games, not eating games. Damn. So I started working Damn. out and eating so a lot clever. less. So who, very clever. So funny. Who now, <laughs> hilarious. That's hilarious. a funny family. He's like, stop eating, you dumbass. So he can be tall, handsome. He can be a millionaire, but he can't tell a fucking joke. <laughs> he we win. He I win. <laughs> How self-satisfied was he, though? Big meathead. Oh, this is hilarious. Like, this is hilarious. He doesn't have a, a comedy <laughs> newsletter. No, so he doesn't. Screw him. <laughs> yeah. All right. No and news lastly, let's wish a very happy birthday to someone who is incredibly funny, Jason Bateman. Oh, my God. I love him so who much. Who turns 46, but can play anywhere from deadpan to dry. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> the master of the that. The master he can sell, of that he can, range. He can turn anything into a wry comment. He can turn... <laughs> You can turn the Gettysburg Address into something that you're like, does he mean that? <laughs> Seriously? I don't know if he's making fun of me right now. <laughs> what? Jason became the DGA's youngest ever director when he directed three episodes of Valerie, also known as The Hogan Family. Watched every episode. He was 18 year olds when he did that. Wow. 18, fuck. And then he had his uh, 20s, apparently, where he was just doing drugs and coke, and it was crazy. It was like a big... Uh, John Hughes party. You know, like, <laughs> he had an actual John yeah, Hughes party in real life. For 10 years. Um, for 10 years. Who? He, uh, we have her? For her? this, her? We do have Jason Bateman's daughter to thank for him playing the role of Jennifer Garner's husband in Juno because Jason first t- turned down the role but then changed his mind when director Jason Reitman asked him to play it again when the actor who was doing the gig dropped out at the last minute. So now he was just on Howard Stern. I don't know if you heard the interview. Yeah, yeah. It was great. And he handled Howard really well, too, with that ride. <laughs> right? <laughs> really funny. But I think even Howard was like, is he making fun of me? Does he, does he care? He said he reread, reread the script. What, and what sealed the deal, deal for him was that his daughter was colicky at the time, and she was always screaming her fucking head off. So he was like, that was driving me bananas. So he asked the guy, where does it shoot? He said, Vancouver. And he said, I am in. So thank you to her. And also, now you guys, you know how much I love when celebrities sing. Oh, absolutely. Yes. You love uh, two yes. things in this world. Tell, tell me. me. Where's, where's, Lee? where's, where's Bart? Uh, people tell me two things. Yes, tell uh, me. One. Ambiguous movie endings. I do love and that. two, Liam Neeson's cock. Oh, wait. And three. Oh. When celebrities sing. When celebrities sing. I do. That's right up there, cock. So. This, this is a little something that Jason Bateman is going to sing for us, which I think is adorable. It's from The Sweetest Thing, a 2002 comedy starring Cameron Diaz. Hmm. He will be singing some bangles, Eternal Flame. Let's enjoy this. Close your eyes. Ironic. Why don't you give me your hand? You feel my heart beating he doesn't mean this. I would I would went afternoon delight from that episode of Rest of Development when he sings with his daughter, oh, and they yeah, realize yeah, yeah, that yeah. it's that's got dirtier lyrics than he that. thinks because he's singing with his daughter. I love that. One. <laughs> that's, so funny. that's true. Gotta want to rewatch that whole. I last love season. the Bengals, so it's it's my fault. All right, well, hey, that wraps another movie showcast, everybody. Good Follow call, us though. on Twitter at the Movie Guys on Facebook.com/slash The Movie Guys, as well as Vimeo, YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, via Instagram. All that shit. I'm not satisfied with the same thing. I 
know, right? I should have done the other one. This one's mellow. We could have an alternate the ending. ending to the show. <laughs> it was a it was a callback to. Oh, oh to the my bird god! Man I need to be more ambiguous. Wow. Oh. That was an ambiguous joke. Right? Yeah, you're right. It went right over our heads. You're no, Wait, you're, you're no Chris good. Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> He's no Brad Pitt. <laughs> Callback. <laughs> Nailed it. Brought you it right back fire. around. Tomorrow, tonight, those comedy lovers are going to be all like, He's on fire! Thanks to David Pompey <laughs> for coming on the show. Thanks, Thanks for stopping by, David. DavidPompey.com. It fun. We bumped him from last year when Pompey the movie came out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would have been the time to have you on. I wasn't after. even in it. It was uh, weird. It was bullshit. named after you. I did some bullshit. Did you get some Twitter followers when it came I out? I did. <laughs> Until they found out it was me, and they were like, this isn't the movie. <laughs> and there's a show coming up, right? You want to yes, January 22nd, 7.30 uh, p.m. at, did I just snort? I hope uh, so. At Flappers, the Loudmouth Show. It's going to be really great. great uh, we're going to do it monthly there at Flappers Comedy Club. And our headliner this month is Jasper Red. So nice. come out and really have on. a good time. Outstanding. All right. Well, thanks He's a to funny st- guy. You heard it here. Thanks to Steve <laughs> Schultz for his writing contributions to the show every week. And remember, you can find everything we're up to at themovieguys.net. We'll be back with special in-studio guest Eddie Jemison next week and four brand new movies. And we will see you then. And actually, as we're going out, yes. let's dedicate this show to Jason Chin. Uh, oh, yes. The great Jason Chin uh, improviser for life and teacher for 20 years in Chicago. There's a guy passed away way too young. Chin, genuine nice guy. Just loved improv like like nobody I've ever met Big and smile. affected I I thought the, uh, the I'd like to to borrow TJ Jagodowski wrote to imagine a dark world and he was saying this on a on a dark night cold night in Chicago and he says on this dark cold night I'd like to imagine uh you know just a a bright point of light for every student he ever taught. And then a, a slightly, just less bright light for everyone that they influenced. And when you think of Jason Chin coming to Chicago and I think maybe 95, 94 to recently, uh, that's a pretty bright world. That's a pretty, if, I think that's really important to remember the influence we have in all of our reaches. Because, you know, this, this was a, a, a eye-opening about, like, just how, mu- how effective a one little person in this world can it's be. It's a you know? wonderful life. Yeah, and, and mm-hmm. Pete Gardner mentioned the same thing when he was yeah. our guest in here. He said, you know, that he's constantly reminded of that, and it's the greatest feeling in the world, you know, right yeah. down to Jason Sudeikis being on Saturday Night Live and coming to Pete and telling him how much he meant yeah. to his success to get there. Yeah, because I yeah. hope Jason knew he's an eternal before flame. he passed away. that, I, And he would him. want this song yes. under, ah. <laughs> underscoring our thoughts about him. He'd want something. That is the biggest tragedy, by the way. He wrote Jedi, the musical, yeah. the musical tour de force. Which was an amazing, hilarious musical. Uh, I just I loved it so much, and he even got a cease and desist from George Lucas himself. Congratulations! The real tragedy is Jason Chin will never see Episode Seven, and as a Star Wars yeah, fan, yeah, you're right. That is fucking tragic. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but um, yeah, Karen's right. He said he was very smiley. He, mm-hmm. Always on stage, oh, yeah. very happy. He was always smiling, and um, I did one show with him and TJ. And I was happy to do it. The improvised election where he played a, uh, a McLaughlin group type of guy. Yeah. And he just would take over. It was his moment to take over the show. He headlined this little roundtable about politics and all improvised, and he would just go and then give the show back to us. Take care, so, Jason, wherever yeah. you are. All right, so that's for him. And uh, again, we'll be back next week. For the band. <laughs> <laughs>